0: Come on, listen to me. We've all been deceived. We need to calmly head towards the exit.
1: Welcome to the Banana
2: Bread and Circus
1: Republic with Crispy and Tono. Your hosts for the end of the world, or whatever we're, we're looking at.
2: We're looking at the reset.
1: Yeah, it's uh, we're gonna be fine, ladies and gentlemen.
2: So strap in and join us to recalibrate the soul as we explore the ether and ethics of our evolution.
1: In the space between spaces, there's an intelligence that guides our values and our judgments, which determines who we are, what we're doing, and where we're going. Follow your nose. And think for yourself. Hey, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and, you know, everything in between, uh, you know, uh, quick apologies and a uh, short caveat on this episode, the audio quality in the first five minutes isn't the greatest, there's some things going on that we weren't able to edit out, it does smooth itself out,
2: but, yeah. Over time, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't render out the buzz. Right. You, and so it's pretty forward in the beginning, and it slowly sort of dissipates to the point where I was able to render it out So I simply couldn't render out m- all of it, yeah. but all, most of it did. So we'll do
1: out. like a 30, 45 second, you know, just quick exchange between the two of us in regards to like, hey, this stuff... Happens, you know, to every podcast out there, and some of them always. So we're Mm -hmm.
0: really not that.
2: Yeah, I mean, we're doing the best we can with whatever base knowledge we have about the software and things like that. So
1: still, barely only a year in, man.
2: So yeah, it's true. Yeah, the future episodes don't have have it less, and like they don't have it as much as time goes on, like by episode I want to say like 13 once that's dropped the audio is like resolved as far as the issues for the most part it's definitely having more than two people Mm. because of this little like micro mixer thing Mm. like has a lot of like hissing in it and like that buzz but I figured out the which dial I need to dial back to avoid the the annoying
1: hiss wonder how much of that hiss is, like, if we had this stuff spread out over a bigger expanse, you know, if our mics were further away from the computer and the mixer yeah. and each
2: other. I was actually planning to soundproof that area over there and, like, over time kind of, like, opening that up just a tad and that way we can have a designated spot mm-hmm. if we're sticking with, you know, in-studio because i like to be outside and outside when we record outside you can hear the wind and the uh, like the wind chimes sometimes in the background so it's a little bit less annoying than like the technical shit that it really has nothing to do with like where we are Mm. because of other factors with the mics and shit but the this stuff the like the in the beginning see i we're recording it with it on now fuck me (laughs) (laughs) that's the joke ladies and gentlemen please enjoy this episode Yeah, welcome to the Banana Bread and Circus Republic. I like it. We're your hosts, Chris and Tono, and today we have a very uh, dear friend, my brother, Benji, back. Returning. Howdy, y'all. Returning episode. Thank you for being here.
0: Cheers, gentlemen.
1: Cheers, guys. And uh, probably a little special announcement. We'll... We'll save you the the full embarrassment, but you know, happy birthday to uh, our our gracious host here, Crispy. Would well, uh, you want you want to tell them how old you are?
2: Uh, sure. I turned thirty four. Yeah, thirty four. Yeah, it's all downhill. <laughs> yeah. So I'm told. Although I'm enjoying my 30s quite a bit.
1: I shit pissed and puked myself a little bit the other day on accident. In the same day. <laughs> Throughout the day. Goodbye. Oh,
3: shit. <laughs> How much older did you say you were?
1: Oh, I'm going to be 40 next month.
3: Oh, uh,
1: yeah. And I I felt like I was 60 the other day. And like, by the end of the day, I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, that's how the first 40 years of my life ends. Like, the last 40 years of my life are going to just be full of that.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, I'm only 30, but...
1: You're doing better than all of us. I, I, I thought you were
0: uh, closer to his age for some reason. No, nah, I'm a young fool at heart. But, uh, no, he's got good
2: six good years on me. Yeah, so Benji's back in the house. Came on for part two from our last uh, adventure that we had a couple weeks ago. It was
1: a hard one to finish, so we decided why why call it finished. Exactly.
2: Yeah, it could be a reoccurring thing.
0: Yeah.
3: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Not just when you need plumbing.
2: (laughs) Exactly. I know, my plumbing needs have been gargantuan. Yeah, Benji's a master plumber here. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe one day we'll have, like, a phone system where we call in with plumbing questions, maybe.
1: Oh, well, I mean, by all means, if you want to give a shout-out to your, uh, you know, crop up your your company on
3: here. I honestly don't need it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I, know. I wouldn't be taking plumbing calls for free. <laughs> <laughs>
1: my man. Yeah,
3: nice. I haven't lettered either of my trucks because I just have too much work already.
2: That's awesome. <laughs> I fucking love that my shitter's clogged and i can't fucking flush the damn toilet what what should i do what do i buy that's not working on the plunger that was my problem and i needed the the auger but yeah. it didn't go it didn't go deep enough yeah, like you, that you snake had like a
1: 9 foot one you needed like a 80 foot one
2: i have like a 3 foot and Benji's got a 6 foot and that usually does it oh,
1: oh okay yeah but we that's brought snake the snake. big 100 foot okay, snake yeah, to yeah. make sure that whole yeah. thing was clear no cleared. that's right
2: that one time, yeah, the last time, which yeah. hopefully it is the last time, I don't know.
1: What if we set up a fake hotline, like, you know, say, oh yeah, we're, you know, Master Plumber, call in for free advice, and they're like, yeah, I got a clog in my shit or I don't know how to fix it, and you're just like, well, are you married? And you're like, what's that have to do with it? Do you have a wife? Yeah. Does she have any pantyhose, nylons? Yeah. Okay. Well, what you're gonna want to do is you're gonna want to s- take one of those and stick it up, you know, all the way up to your shoulder, and you know that that'll keep the shit off, that'll keep the turds off you. And you're gonna want to get about shoulder deep in there. You should be able to get all the way through it by then. You know, if, if you can't,
2: how how tall are you? Are you above like five four? You know? God. <laughs> yeah, just fuck with people. It'd yeah. be funny. But oh, dude, it can get gross. Yeah, the shit that's in those pipes.
1: The shit that comes out
2: of our pipes. Yeah, I often wonder what would happen if that fucking snapped and broke the the pipeline. Do the PVC
3: pipeline create a big mess? A big mess. <laughs> yeah. He says be, it so Terrible. Casually. Yeah. It'd be, <laughs> It'd be a big, big mess. mess. It'd be a lot of shit. Yeah, yeah I've that. seen, you know, people have to clean up messes like that, but that's not my job. <laughs> that's a lot of shit. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. not
2: the plumber's job. No. That's like the the janitor slash homeowner's There's a cleaning job. service for right. that. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, or like those full-on restore companies.
2: Oh.
1: They mean make-
3: Mold mitigation oh, and all that.
1: Yeah. That's a rough job. Yeah. Like, those are the people that get called in, like, when a dead body gets found that's been there for, like, four months.
3: Oh, yeah. And it's
1: just, like, starting to become one with the carpet, you know? Right. Like, yeah, that's a, that's a fucking, that's probably the grossest job out there.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, dude, it's... Because you never know what it's going to be. You know,
2: that's the funny part about the idea of, so, the idea is, like... In this movie, Office Space, they're talking about what would you, what would you do if you had a million dollars? And brilliant movie by uh, Mike Judge. Yeah, and uh, I remember watching it. We were like, I was like twelve. You must have been like nine, Benji. At the I time, get,
1: I got to see it in theaters.
2: No shit. Yeah,
1: and I, I, I was, I was probably about twelve, maybe thirteen, and like it most of the movie was over my head at that point because, you know, I'd never worked a fucking real job. I'd had, you know, kid jobs, but mm. yeah, so it wasn't until I was like 20 that I appreciated
2: it. Fabulous comedy. In fact, he was someone who I thought about after our shout-out comedian episode, Top 5 or whatever. Uh, like Top 5 Honorable Mentions and Living or Dead or... He's just a he's, he's great at human commentary. Dude, his, it started with like the Beavis and Butthead. Thing, <laughs> but like that only lasted what like four seasons, and
1: no, it's been brought
2: back. It oh, yeah, that's right. It, it I heard brought, it did get brought
1: back. It was brought back once point. like 10 years ago, that's for right. two seasons, and yeah, I then they just brought it back this year. and They've aged them, so they're like you know, my age, they're like 40, 45, now. and they're like old, fucking but there's old retards. That's you know? great. Yeah, that, what
2: a great premise, if you know the background well enough to be like, you know, and these guys in, in you know, middle school, high school, these guys were like the weird, like, who, where were their parents? That's what I was always wondering. Well. Like, where do where, where well, these guys come from? I think, I think.
1: <laughs> right. Like, are they brothers? Are they not? Like, you can't tell, like. Right, like they could have like two different fathers and one like lot lizard mother that's never there because she's off in some fucking truck stop just right m- making money, honey.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, that they yeah. Wondered that too <laughs> with their yeah. <your>
2: parents. Exactly <laughs> where? Well, that was the thing. They drove those teachers and the what was it? The principal, like bad shit, mad crazy, like just.
1: Uh, loop. There's one episode where. We, we quote it at work all the time but it's the episode where they have a substitute teacher and the dude sucks even more than like their normal teacher and they're like man this sucks like I I, I wish we had a cool substitute teacher and he was like yeah well, well wonder what, would that, what would that be like and drifts off to like their imagination and it's literally like a fifty-year-old butthead that walks into the room, smoking a cigarette, and he just like walks, walks up t- in front of the board, like turns ninety degrees, looks at the class, and he just like takes a puff off his butt, and he's just like, "This sucks. Let's get drunk," and walks out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, and
1: it's like this sucks. Yeah, we say that at work all the time. When I always we're thought Wyatt <laughs> Wyatt was
2: like Butthead. Remember Wyatt growing yeah. up? Yeah, that's like an inside thing.
1: Oh, we had a we had a kid from Twinfield that was like that too, and I won't say his full name, but his last name was Hill, and uh, yeah, he looked like Butthead. Like,
2: yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, half inbred. <laughs>
1: Possibly. Possibly or Dutch. It's hard to tell. And
2: so Mike Judge, his work evolved into mm. obviously office space. But which came from a cartoon uh, of about
1: fucking of Milton. Milton. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It started as this like little like animated I still
1: haven't seen that.
2: Me neither. Mm-hmm. I, I back when I was researching it or learning about just Mike's work and all that, he uh like i i stumbled on that that was actually something available but i never found out where it was or anything
1: and the guy that plays milton fucking brilliant casting like
2: yeah so good it almost reminded me of something out of like the cartoons on like the funny pages or whatever like on the newspapers and things oh, like oh okay you know like okay. that, i don't know if that's where it was from but i remember like that's what it cuz it's reminiscent
1: like. of dilbert i think maybe okay i don't think i know what that is dilbert but- yeah, the, the funny comic. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like in the
3: funny pages, right? It, it's okay. all
1: based in an office space, like cubicle style, and right. Okay, it does have a very office with that, space like, feel.
2: Long nose. Yeah, uh, like those drawings. I think so. With the long yeah, nose. Yeah, the guy's
1: yeah. got like a, a he's got like a square head with like kind of like Bart Simpson shaped head, but like a little more rounded hair at the top. He's gotcha. Wearing glasses and. His tie is always bent up like this. Mm. I don't know why I remember stupid little details like it's that. It's
2: always in the details, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Who's the devil? Speaking of details. So, in the the uh sorry. <laughs> sorry ladies and gentlemen, we have cords and sometimes interference happens. We'll be okay. He needs a refill. No, the uh that there's that bit in office space that Judge did. And it was all about, like, if you had a million dollars, what would you do with the rest of your life? And there was a scene in the movie where they're in the office, and it was, like, uh, the main character and his coworkers talking about this, like, hypothetical idea that if you had a million dollars, what would you do with the rest of your life? Oh,
1: no, it was him and his neighbor.
2: Well, him and his neighbor, but that was after, I think... The topic had come up where it was like it, see if I can remember it was like our high school guidance counselor used to ask us what you would do if you had a million dollars didn't have to work then unva- then un- invariably what you'd say was supposed to be your career, so if you wanted to fix old cars, then you're supposed to be an auto mechanic mm. and then of course, Samir yeah. mentioned like so what did you say
1: <laughs> <And> the- <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah the
2: guy with the last name <laughs> that to pronounce <laughs> um And then, yeah, he, uh, yeah, I said something like, uh, oh, I didn't have an answer. I guess that's why I'm working at Inatech which was the punchline of the joke, because like those who don't know what they want to do, even if they had a million dollars, always end up just taking the first thing that sort of comes along and you're kind of drifting or whatever, which is what the main character was doing.
1: Yeah. What would you do if you didn't have to work for a living is really more the question, you know? Right. It's like whatever you want. Like, you could learn... How many new skills could you learn per year if you didn't have to, you know, spend time working for money? Mm hmm Right. You know, like, how much shit could you build for yourself in a year Mm -hmm. if you didn't have to work for money? I mean, granted, you'd still have to work to get the stuff to build the shit, but...
2: Right. Yeah, because there's that saying like doing what you love, and you never have to work a day in your life. Do you love what you're doing with the plumbing? Most days. Do you think if you were a millionaire, you'd still be a plumber? I wouldn't
3: do it every day. (laughs) Yeah, spoken makes sense. Yeah, I've been doing it for a long time, It's well over a decade.
1: It's nice being your own boss, though. Yeah, right. It
3: has its benefits, definitely.
1: Yeah, you. You've got your accountability issues that yeah. have to deal with yourself.
3: Has its advantages, disadvantages. No. Yeah.
2: Yeah, no. for sure. I often wonder myself what the hell I would do if I actually had a million dollars. And then I always think of this, this conversation.
1: Besides two chicks at the same time? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Nothing, huh? Nothing. I would relax. I would sit on my ass all day. I would do nothing. You don't need a million dollars to do nothing, man. Take a look at my cousin. He's broke, don't do shit. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's getting, like, with the whole 2030 thing, like, yeah, they don't expect half of us to have jobs, and that's why they're trying to push this bullshit basic income, you know, thing that, Mm -hmm. like... It's not a livable income that they're suggesting. It's like people are still going to have to work to survive, or they can eat bugs like they want us to. You know, either way. But like yeah, no, like like you said, there's people that do nothing already and they got no money. It's like in fact, there's people that do nothing <laughs> and they make more money than the working a class. lot of people. Yeah. Like yeah, like like street urchins, fucking panders? Yeah, especially
3: a lot of people taking advantage of like when COVID benefits were coming uh, dude. around. Dude,
2: yeah, like it was way yeah, easier was for people to just not work and way out of hand. That shit got out of control.
1: Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the homeless have it easy, but what I am saying is like in some cases they're kind of homeless by choice because you know if if you made. Not all of them, but if you made some of them empty their pockets, they'd, they would pull out a wad of cash. And, you know, it's some of them are hustlers, and, you know, it's kind of just a trade. And yeah. I don't c- condemn or condone it. but
3: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say, but definitely probably more than 50% or so. If you decide to give them some money, they're going to turn around and, you know, put that towards getting a few rocks or something. Oh, shit, yeah. I mean.
1: Well, if, I mean, if you were homeless, then you know, like, the difference between, you know, how much money you have right now versus how much money you have after a night of begging, still not going to get you a room for rent, you know. Yeah. Or a full meal, you know, maybe a full meal, but. Depends on the homeless person, too, but... Right, right. Have you, uh... Heard the comedian Greg Geraldo? No. Dead, he's dead now, but... He had this one bit where he's, like... Walking down the street with my girlfriend, and... This homeless guy, and... He's like, you need any spare change, and... I was about to give him a $20 bill, and... My girlfriend's like, don't give him that, he's just gonna spend it on... Booze or drugs like uh started thinking yeah you're right you're right and then i realized wait a minute that's what i was going to spend it on <laughs> <laughs> why am i angry at him
2: <laughs> that's hilarious oh that's such a good check in perspective i think like some people some people he, can take that a little too like they can just judge it way too easily he did dive speedball so <laughs> yeah. there's uh, that.
3: but yeah I mean in certain cases it, it can be by choice you know cause it kind of boils down to laziness in a way
1: yeah like I've got if a he, buddy who he wouldn't he wouldn't have a place to stay right now you know if it weren't for his parents Yeah, cause like he's incapable of holding a job
2: we're seeing more and more of that these days aren't
1: we super smart dude super capable just like yeah, he just wants to buy out of the system, it's like, well, guess what? You gotta have money to buy out. <laughs> you are yeah. fucking broke and living on your parents' couch. Figure yeah. out,
3: figure out a different way out somehow, because right, you can't just free loaf. I mean, if you just keep avoiding the work that it takes to figure out what you got to do, you keep avoiding it. No. It's gonna come back around and then you're sleeping in a box.
1: And that exactly that, that yeah. goes for anything too, you know, like whatever kind of work you need to do right. for yourself, like be it this or that, but like especially that is like you know, like yeah, at a certain point it is a choice, I think. Yeah. Right. Or it's or it's what you know. So Right. Yeah. You know, you're you're indoctrinated to it. You know, like when people get out of jail and they don't know how to deal with the outside.
2: Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. That's the kind of the pattern, though, right? It's like we just assume we assume that people want running water, electricity, like five G, like high speed bandwidth internet or whatever, and 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 inflict values on each other. I mean, just like what the U.S. empire is doing to the rest of the world, basically, or as far as it can reach. I mean. And what you were saying earlier, also about the like, because the modern monetary theorists are all basically Keynesian, and mm-hmm. they believe that yes, by providing universal basic income or negative interest rates or whatever is going to solve everything. It's like that all they have is gasoline to put out the fire, and yeah. it's not uh-huh. going to work. Like it's just it's time and time. After and uh, one after the next. It reminds me of Alan Greenspan's speech that he made famously Such saying that criminal. we can guarantee Social Security at whatever amount you need, but we cannot guarantee its purchasing power. He's a wise man, actually. He
1: Oh, yeah. Super smart. Yeah. Knows his money.
2: Definitely. Yeah. Greenspan knew his shit. Like, he knew how it worked. And
1: he yeah. also helped kind of rig it, too. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah
2: I mean all those guys who were influenced academically by the Keynesian model which is basically where they think they can manipulate um price price manipulation market, with yeah any any free market mechanism uh through interest rates and they think that they can control market psychology or they or they don't realize that they you
1: know well they also they, they also went to global account. free trade which basically means, slavery is legal as long as you don't do it here. So, you know, that was that was a big part of, you know, that whole, you know, cutting corners thing, too. i mm. pretty sure he was a part of that.
2: Yeah, he was part of a few things. That was
1: 94, I think.
2: He was super concerned about the Y2K bug, and so he pumped a bunch. He gave basically cheap credit, cheap money to uh, Wall Street to keep markets up. And exactly. It was, it was a bailout. Yeah. It was a
1: pre-bailout. It yeah. Was just one of those funnel ups that you know we just within the last twenty years realized even happened.
2: And in the process, he inadvertently created a real estate bubble. Six, seven, eight years later, and it it popped, and that was the great uh, financial Recession crisis. Two thousand eight. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah.
1: and, and now the Biden administration wants to do it again.
2: Yeah, we can't really learn from our mistakes, can we?
1: Well, it's not that. It's that they are trying to collapse the dollar, you know? They're trying to go to a global currency. Mm -hmm. And they can't do that as long as, you know, we're still majorly the global currency already.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're trying. 2008 was a panic to keep the system afloat. Because that's where QE began. Q- quantitative easing, where they printed a bunch of base currency into the system, which I think is like M0 on the charts that they used to look at right. people.
1: Basically controlled inflation.
2: Yeah, well, they, they, they pumped a bunch or of liquidity. Liqui- yeah, yeah, it was a liquidity crisis, so they put a bunch of it in artificially and... That all it does though is prolong the crisis into the future at greater and greater and greater.
1: Make the uh, grandkids deal with it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's what happens. And of course, we never really had gargantuan credit issues like this before 71, uh, before we completely unpegged and thus unpegging the whole world from something tangible. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Which was a pseudo gold standard.
1: Right. We've actually been on the gold lizard. standard since the Federal Reserve was created in 1915.
2: Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I took this down like a kind of a dark enslaved route, didn't I? <laughs> hey, <laughs>
1: this is know, like, not ideal. How it's I, good to know what you work for represents, you know?
2: Yeah, and the fact that just because we we're millionaires doesn't solve the issue. We're not millionaires. We're, we're, no, I mean like, well. hypothetically, going back to the question of What would you do if you had a million dollars? Like, just Mm -hmm. by having a million dollars, just because we have it or whatever. Let's start
1: with Ben. What would you do if you had a million dollars, Ben? Probably pretty close
2: to
3: nothing for a while until I got that out of my system. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that would get boring, you know? Oh,
1: yeah. After, like, four days. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta gotta do something.
3: I'd slow down for a while, then I'd just get everything really well in check with the property and, like... Mm -hmm. Establishing more of a self-sustaining like system with everything like with the homestead and everything. Mm.
2: I think that's an excellent goal.
3: Making, making the homestead, you know, more of like, if it was more of a full-time job, it'd be a lot more efficient, you know, and less shambly.
2: Yeah, and then eventually you'd run out of money, right? Like somehow, that's the hard part. It's like trying to figure out how an operation can sustain itself. Our
3: system's kind of designed that way. Where, unless you go full-on, like, radical, you know, not needing money to do anything.
2: Which I think... You kind of need a job. Yeah, it's equally... I mean, money represents our time and energy. You at least need something. You either need a job or something you can sell, yeah. Yeah, something to
3: bring you money back. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, so I often wonder if, like, the the, uh, bartering system, if it came back, what would happen yeah i
3: try to barter as much as i can with my customers yeah. you know
2: this is uh
3: because i like that <laughs> that mentality of like having value and totally you know i have a plumbing license which holds a lot of value
2: full disclaimer folks we are taxpayers yeah <laughs>
3: <laughs> not complete radicals right <laughs> like we definitely pay our taxes but Pay property taxes Barter. up the
1: ass. And don't, yeah. don't throw the R word around so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah no, you, well, you not, dropped the big R word earlier. Really.
3: Oh, no,
2: that's, that's a little one. <laughs> not even, not even <laughs> radical, though. Like, I mean, it's like, it, why is it such a radical idea to learn how to, you know, grow your own food, sustain what you can, or at least, at the very least, supplement your quality of life through putting, giving something back like your time, like your energy and your, your, your blood, sweat and tears towards something that is really just like getting you back in touch. I mean, I think there's
3: yeah, I mean the radical part about it is we'd probably be considered quote unquote radicals. If we were doing a lot of the bartering or whatever and not exchanging currency for it, like, through the government's eyes, but... Oh, yeah. They make right. it... I think you can barter, but they make it so complicated to make it, like, I don't know, w- to fit within their tax laws well, yeah, to exactly. actually barter, like, rather than just doing it under the table. You can't do that illegally.
2: I've heard that there are societies in the desert southwest that have, like, it's like green units they have. So, like, if somebody repairs your roof, that's, like, X amount of green units, so then that person has a skill, like, maybe they're a mechanic... And so they can, like, it goes into a pool, but it also goes into, like, a private ledger between individuals, too. Mm -hmm. So it's like communities can work that way. They can coexist. As long as they all all
1: agree to. They all have have faith in the currency. Right. 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 Yeah. You
3: could. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. That's where there's a lot of variability when you compare, like, somebody's plumbing rate as opposed to, you know, somebody. Like washing your windows or something. Yeah, yeah. You know,
2: yeah, you, I often you- wonder, like, because you come over here, like, we barter our labor. Yeah. And so I was thinking about it because I technically on the books, I owe you what three weeks, but I'm thinking, like, dude, I owe you like six to seven weeks.
3: Yeah. I mean, we just do it hour by hour. Cause it's well, like the fa- I give it like the family discount, you know. I know, dude. Hour I really appreciate
2: th- I appreciate that a lot. Do you help me out, I help you out. That's yeah, the, but my labor—that's that, that the is, thing.
1: That's family, right? There. My yeah. labor
2: on like that equilibrium, trying to seek equilibrium. I, my, my, labor-wise, your labor is so much more expensive than mine because of your expertise, dude. Talking like you're, like what, what do we call you, the baseboard master? Baseboard you, king. Yeah, the baseboard <laughs> king because you have over ten thousand hours. Like, that's huge, dude. I've been doing baseboard heat for a long time. Once you hit that 10,000-hour mark, you're a true master.
1: Like, that's... In anything, pretty much. Pretty much anything,
2: yeah. That's the thing. Like, put in the time and the energy, and what the fuck does money even matter at all, right? I mean, well, it matters, but not to that... But
3: you don't need it as much, because, like, me... I'd have to fuck up so bad to not make it as a plumber because there's just so much work out there, you know? Yeah. So it's like I don't need that as much as, like, the skills that I have Mm. to do it. Right. That's what I need. Like, I need to keep my body healthy to be able to still be able to do it. Yeah. It's good
2: that you know that, too. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, dude, a lot of people just, like, burn out and...
3: Yeah, I've had too many old bosses that had knee replacements, and I always carry the knee pad with me. My back yeah, might do. have some issues, but I work on that. Yep. do cranial sacral therapy Nice for that every week, once a week. Yeah, how long took, have you been doing the cranial? It took therapy? me a long time to find a, a type of therapy that actually worked. So what part the, of your back is it? Uh it's between the l five and s one vertebrae. It's a swollen disc. it's so just that's, been compressing that's low, right yeah, really low back yeah, just yeah. been compressing, and that joint that uh disc is like somewhat swollen, but I think it's getting better.
1: What are the uh, symptoms when you uh, go down from that?
3: I've had really bad sciatica like when I actually pulled it yeah. but like most most of the time it's just a dull pain that's always there, yeah. but like depending on how many how hard I work, or how shitty the job was, or how many hours in a row I worked, it'll be more intense, you know?
1: Does it ever like totally seize up on you?
3: I had that happen. That was the sciatica incident where I was reaching too far away, you know? Mm. The further away from your spine, like the more it pulls on your back, your totally. low back. Totally. And I was reaching above a ladder and it i felt it instantly yeah oh, fucking
0: hate that. i actually
3: uh, had to had to fully cave in and go oh yeah go into the clinic and they gave me some muscle relaxers and that knocked the pain right away for long enough for it to like actually heal itself
1: that's actually the best thing is yeah. like when that happens m- fucking muscle relaxers i've yeah. i've been against fucking pills like as, me too but like yeah. i've also been dealing with very similar issue like sciatica lower back pain yeah
3: sciatica is horrible when it's bad
1: (laughs) yeah and it can lead to lower back and lower back can lead to it and it can become like this vicious cycle
3: yeah like in my case i think it's the low back that led to it because i had never had it that bad like
2: i've had it pretty bad but this was a yeah you used to have those like what was it like you used to have those like neurological holding pattern like issue like the no sleep paralysis or whatever. I've had that before, yeah.
1: I think that's separate though. You ever see the
2: you red-eyed
3: so? man?
1: The what? The red-eyed man during sleep paralysis? No. Apparently it's a phenomenon that happens with it. I've heard of that too. That shit's
3: crazy. I've seen that documentary, uh, The Nightmare. Uh, that I've, that gave me chills. That was scary. Just cuz like I've had I've had I've never seen the red-eyed man, but I've had some of the things in that documentary I've experienced with like waking up to like the loudest, most abrasive sound you can even possibly imagine. It's, it's like metal it's happening scraping
1: down inside metal
3: your super ear. Fast,
1: like, ah!
3: like loud, abrasive, wow. like it's screaming.
0: Because
3: like, it's happening inside your ear. So it's as loud as as you can imagine. It's like what the fuck is going on with our brains? <laughs> I
2: know. <laughs> it's a wild place I mean, down that down happened there.
3: for a long time though. I mean I think it's sometimes triggered by other things in life or anxieties
2: mm. it's hard to say well the skateboarding like we talked about in our previous segment probably had a role to play in, bo- in, in the
3: the yeah probably the low back yeah. was affected by the skateboarding from falling backwards and just slamming the tailbone, oh. probably.
2: Well, and, like, even just, like, landing
3: it, even. Like, on those yeah. big-ass
2: fucking gaps yeah, they just, used to do. Yeah, just
3: the compression on the spine right, alone.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, man. Like, like we what
1: your of- knees don't take, your spine takes. Exactly. Yeah.
2: It just... On the concrete, over and over and over again, all the time. Even if it was just for, like, warming up. Like, sometimes you'd feel it.
1: Right. And, like, and then... and that- like you said, those are the ones that you're landing. Like, the ones that you're fucking up. Like, concrete doesn't have
2: any give. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, mad props to any, like, professional skater out there who's yeah, still going at it. Dude, can you imagine? Yeah. You know, I mean, like, what? because once you get to that level of mastery and 10,000 hours, man, you could hit 10,000 hours feasibly because most skaters, they're obsessed. And you'll hit ten thousand hours probably like ha- in half the time that a typical, like, professional at whatever you're doing, the eight hours a day thing, is going yeah, to hit it.
3: It's one of those things that's probably way harder to master than it is to
1: learn it. Yeah. and it's case by case too, because some people it just clicks with, and most people struggle. But like,
2: right. yeah, like, like, dude, Liotti, he just like had it and easily. Right. Yeah.
1: Like a lot of.
3: They say like uh, skiing is easier to learn but much harder to master. But snowboarding is easier to learn, or e- or harder to learn at first, but then easier to master as you get more experienced. Yeah. So like one of those things, I feel like skateboarding is really hard to like master in your own style. No oh, shit. Because everybody's style is totally different. Different yeah. tricks in their trick in their bag of tricks or
1: whatever. Exactly. Right. You got your big air guys. You got your your. You know, a freestyle guy you got your street,
3: yeah, here like I hate to... people that just hit like twenty stairs,
2: right, dude yeah. that shit's crazy, whoa, that was weird,
1: yeah, and like chances are they don't do it the first time either,
2: right, definitely that, yeah, hey, I hate to interrupt this uh, I when you got f- a cake Flow we got going uh no, or day cake? Uh, so, mom's having issues with the generator.
1: Take a little pause.
2: Yeah, I'm taking a quick, quick break, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back.
1: Run
0: right, wrong, song, sing, all roll on, land on sea, all
2: And that was Run Rings Right Wrongs Run, by Cosmo right. Sheldrake. Ladies and gentlemen,
1: we're back. Rupert Sheldrake's son.
2: Rupert Sheldrake's son, yeah. Uh, yeah. Super talented family. Merlin Sheldrake is his brother, and now they're actually doing a hot sauce line together. A fermented hot sauce with, like, koji in the recipe, which is the ingredient that's used to make miso and, you know... uh, that's the fermented part of the miso. The rice, yeah, it's like a mold. It's like is the inoculum, like mm. the spawn for starting the fermentation. Koji, you called it. Koji, yep. Yeah.
1: And it's it's a culture off
2: of the rice. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it's some kind of bacteria that um, grows on rice.
1: Supposedly, that's how they recovered from all the radiation from uh, our little mishap.
2: Oh, yeah, by eating day. koji? Or? Well,
1: miso, but, yeah. Mm, interesting. But it's probably the koji and the miso, I guess, yeah. it's not the soy, we know that. <laughs> right. Yeah, dude, that, yeah, who
2: knows. Nutrition is a funky thing. Yeah. Literally. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff that works, and there's way more that doesn't. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, people are attracted to the stuff that typically doesn't.
2: Yeah, or the easier stuff that just tastes good. We've talked about that before yeah. a little bit, well, but
1: we've been trained through you know generations.
2: Yeah, generation after generation, and then allowing the the uh, freaking corporations to cook for us the right? su- the, the sugar section, mafia, frozen section, KFC, you name it. Just yeah,
1: sugary whatever, putting putting fucking sugar in everything to make it taste better.
2: Yeah, Michael Pollan talks about. The fact, like, just the hard facts about how our food industry has sort of fucked our wiring up. Well, yeah, I don't know if he goes that far, because he's fairly, like, he takes, like, a nice, modest approach to some of those issues. But I agree with you. I mean, it really did fuck our brain up, because even at the time, no one really knew how the gut interacted with the brain. How the brain gets... I think it's over 80% of our serotonin comes from the gut when it's a neurotransmitter. Like it's, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. If
1: your gut's off, your brain's going to be off. And yeah, like all the studies they showed with rats, you know, like sugar basically has the same effect on you as cocaine. You know, like, not the fun effects, but like right. all the other dependency effects.
2: Yeah. I think digest, like for your digestive system, it does. Oh, like a it's similar, even worse. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, like, it's super addictive. Yeah. And I mean, cocaine helps you digest stuff. <laughs> From what I've heard,
2: I don't, I haven't heard that. You know, like, typically, it, I just lose my appetite.
1: Right. But it, I mean, it heightens your metabolism. You know, it's a stimulant. So, right. like, it is going to increase your, it's gonna increase your burn rate.
2: That is kind of counterintuitive, because I always feel like in a way, it almost, stim, it, a stimulant it speeds up like a lot of the shit happening, like yeah, but I guess I would never think that it speeds up the metabolism too, because typically when I think of speeding up the metabolism, is like you're...
1: And you would think it would make you hungry as well. Yeah, it like does, the sympathetic
2: because, triggers right, and all that.
1: Yeah, stimulants are, you know, they they kind of replace that, the the receptor in your brain that says, oh, you need energy, you get energy from food. Mm. It just says, you've got energy.
2: Right. And you typically burn it much faster. Like those really, what is it, like short chain, like carbs that just get like processed instantaneously in the bloodstream or whatever. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Uh, Where like you get that big slow, crash.
1: Slow burning versus fast burning. Yeah.
2: Carbohydrates. Yeah. yeah. Because, like, bread and whole grains, that's like a carbohydrate, right? Because it's a starch source or whatever. Yeah. But it, it it's that, like, slow energy that burns Typically, off. Like, you don't have that crash after.
1: Right, because basically all carbohydrates turn into sugars in your mm-hmm. bloodstream. Mm-hmm. So, depending on what type of carbohydrate you're ingesting, you know, it can either be a long-lasting source of energy or it can basically trick your body into thinking that it just ingested sugar and you know it you know runs that same course which is you know why sugar has the appeal that it does is because you do get energy from it but you don't get any long-lasting nutritional effects from it where like you can't pack a turd off of sugar you know like
2: I was just, it's funny you say that because I was just thinking of a Snickers bar.
1: <laughs> well, a Snickers bar, <laughs> there's stuff in a Snickers bar. Let's say, let's say you were to make a Snickers bar in your kitchen or replicate one out of like,
2: like a gourmet Snickers bar. Right. Homemade, homemade
1: ingredients. Right. Like, I mean, the sugar is going to be the worst part of it. But, in in all of that, you're gonna have those peanuts. You're gonna have the caffeine and the chocolate. You're gonna have fat right. and protein. The caramel from the caramel, the, like the, yeah. Right. So, like, it's not. It's not. I'm not saying candy's bad. It's. Candy's right. bad if you live off of it. candy's bad if right. like if it's your primary like
2: if you rely on it as an energy group. source, yeah. yeah, I remember staying up late <clears throat> nights playing video games, just like mowing on candy sugar patch kids and mm-hmm. the fucking Swedish fish and starburst and all kinds of good shit lemon pixie sticks, oh shit, mountain dew, you remember the little mountain dew, yeah, it's just all the mountain dew in the world. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Really no. Crazy. And that much sugar, dude, it's like you see those charts that's like, oh, my God, I actually consumed a 24-pack in one night right. of that shit. Right. And, <laughs> I can't believe that.
1: And I'm guessing, like, none of us do that shit anymore. But, like, as kids, everybody in this fucking country that has access to it, you know, from a, a standpoint of, like, whether or not their parents will get it for them and that sort of thing. Most kids are living off that shit constantly. Yeah. At least of a certain age.
2: Right. Yeah. You guys you good? Everything okay with the Jenny? I know you're
3: Yeah, I think so. I mean, we're just back and forth.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We jinxed it, sorry, with the whole like call in (laughs) and with your questions of more anomalies. (laughs) (laughs) More, More anomalies
1: anomaly with momaly you can't, you can't get away from your customers
2: <laughs> can you i mean you have a lot of people texting you questions about how their fucking system is running or if there's some issue a leak or yeah uh, yeah not that often anymore because every time i'm over there at your place it's like you're yeah i mean it's, it's kind of
3: random space. it comes in spurts yeah. and, and with the weather obviously the cold weather there's going to be more of that because it's more urgent
2: mm, yeah Definitely, yeah, that's yeah. true. Winter
1: is busy. Time. Something goes wrong in winter. It needs to be dealt with quickly. Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah. Yeah, but lately, I mean, just dealing with new construction stuff and, like, boiler changeouts, which there's no urgency for.
1: Not yet, anyway.
3: Right. I mean, although, if they run their hot water system, some people think there's urgency. Like, they'll say, oh, I have no hot water. This is an emergency. I'm like, it's not an emergency.
1: <laughs> not this have, time of year. You have no hot
3: water. Okay. Well. Do you, do you what did we stove?
1: ever do before we had hot water? Do you have a stove? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Do you have a pot? Right. <laughs> right. Do you have 20 yeah. minutes? Yeah. Like we
2: couldn't, I mean, I to could take a sponge bath. Oh my god. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. A <was> sponge bath. <laughs> uh that does suck, though. I mean, I could tolerate having cold. It sucks with, with this what we've here. been conditioned to with yeah.
1: our oh, totally
3: first world mentality. Oh yeah, we're you know. such indoor cats yeah. in that way. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> like yes. for other people, like in Africa, it's like that's normal. <laughs> well,
1: yeah. To them, why the fuck would they want hot water? They're in the desert. Right. They're just happy to have water. Exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, clean, fresh water. Yeah. Which, again, you know, just caveat to what you, we were talking or what I mentioned before about how America tends to push our values onto third world nations or developing countries and it helps us get their so resources. Forth. Oh yeah, we can go down that road if we want to, but <laughs> it's uh
1: let's let's keep it light for Yeah, <laughs>
2: I well I what, what I was trying to, what I was thinking was like I appreciate those things, all the same. Like there's nothing oh, wrong. Shit, yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with having running water, hot water, electricity and all that stuff. Don't take it for granted. Yeah, don't right. take it for granted and make sure you know It could like, be gone tomorrow. The difference between an anthill and a mountain yeah. when it comes to your problems.
1: So like I one of my wiser buddies, you know, in that in that sense, like one of the one of the things that he said to me that I always remember he's he's like you know, make sure to eat one at least one hot meal a day. You never know if when it'll be your last. Yeah, that's a good point.
3: Right. Just to, like take time to appreciate every moment.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, like heat opens up the flavor. You know, like it makes yeah. the textures better. And Easy but it, but it's also like you know, there could be a time in the future where like having a hot meal is, like, a luxury almost nobody can afford. Right. You know, aside from, you know, maybe cooking some meat, but, (laughs) you know, that, when, if you're living in a world where, you know, like, if you have an open fire, a fucking drone could find you, then, uh, yeah, hot meals are gonna be scarce.
2: Yeah, pardon me, ladies and gentlemen, just pouring up a refill here of Home um, fermentaries, Fermentary's uh, classic mead. Tradish. The tradish that is oaked and in, uh, infused, uh, I don't even know what to call them, like oak in, toasted oak, it's like the toasted oak uh, infused, like little droppers,
1: yeah. like, little like, like, yeah, oak infusion.
2: Yeah, I, I want to call them like spiralizer, but like I, I actually took apart a little oak barrel, and because it fell apart, actually, I didn't take very good care of it. <laughs> Frankly, it was a sad moment. But I, <clears throat> I re, I repurposed it in the sense that I, uh, cut it. I divided it up like little the little um, panels yeah. that made up the barrel.
1: Zip, zip, zipped them. Yeah,
2: and I sanded it down so like none of the copper. Like, rust was on it, or, or whatever, like, metal, not copper, it was some metal, and got it all nice, nice, cleaned up, and then Eric and I took a butane torch, and we just fucking toasted this, uh, these oak panels, and now I I use that for my oak infusion. Yeah, that's, that's a fucking brilliant idea, man. Thank you. Yeah, I enjoy it, because it's on this low enough of a scale that, like, it can, yeah, it works. And that's one of the few, uh, skews that I do, uh, that I, oh, confuse at all, actually. And it's the only expression of me that I do with my honey that I make in the back or that my, my girls do. Like,
1: so this is going to be a, this is like your most limited run. Would you go?
2: Yeah. L- yeah. Yeah, cuz commercially I can get it as much as the market can provide it basically cuz I can I can get quality honey sure. Um, and all different kinds too. It's not not all money is are honey is made equal.
3: You can only like make only so much of your own honey though.
2: Yeah, exactly cuz I don't want to over harvest Right. You know, I want to be able to leave some for in case of like, you know, you never know what's going to happen when they, the they need it to. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 And so if I typically I'll, <clears throat> I'll harvest after I've done all my work for overwintering them and I make sure that they have plenty to get them through the winter. And yeah, there's a few ways you can sort of determine that.
1: You ever just like take all of theirs and then be like, "Ah, uh, it's getting cold out," and you go up to Costco and get some Kirkland honey and just squirt it all over the top?
2: <laughs> no,
1: <laughs> never have I ever. <laughs> Nor should you. Nor I'm should sure. I. No, that shit ain't even a honey.
2: Yeah, that's yeah, that's 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 true. I wish that they labeled their shit appropriately. Okay, so me and the wife we were in the dollar store recently.
1: And great, great place to not get food,
2: <laughs> <laughs> right? And well, if you read the labels on it, as long as they're labeling it properly and you get the pure, whatever like the frozen veg, we usually go for it because it's uh-huh. usually just like veggies, veggies, there's no preservatives or weird stuff in it. Um, but so I'm reading those. Speaking of reading labels, I read the a label on like one of those bear, uh, honey jars, yeah, you know, bear shaped ones, and yeah, it it, it labeled honey, and corn syrup. And right. I was like, thank you, because at least you're labeling appro- appropriately. Like, you're telling the truth. Because, like, I'm not going to buy it, obviously, right? right? right. Like I, I don't want corn syrup in my honey, no thank you. In my anything. But Ideally, uh... Kirkland, those brands, they don't label corn syrup in it because it's 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 probably other weird shit anyway. It's all from China. Yeah, different labeling standards. Who knows? And it's like the USDA or whatever should get on that because there's no real, like, this is a known thing. Like, there's no way to, (laughs) I guess, enforce the labeling of honey or whatever because it can be anything in there at the end of the day and, like, there's no way to test it or whatever, or they don't test it. I don't know. But they don't label it properly, because it's definitely not, because I I know the difference.
1: I mean, this might be the conspiracy theorist to me coming out. It, it absolutely is. But I'm going to go ahead and say that USDA and the FDA, seeing as how they have never really had our best interests at heart, and they know that honey in its pure form is a superfood, don't want people having access to, like, pure, you know, unadulterated, you know, endless amounts of, you know, like, a sweetener that's actually good for people. Like, there's, how many sweeteners can you think of that are actually good for people that also taste good? I can think of two. Like, honey and maple syrup. Like, Mm. everything else is either sweet Or it tastes good, but it's, you know, like... uh, And, you know, obviously, aside from, like, high fructose corn syrup, you can flavor that shit with anything,
2: and was like,
1: yeah, it tastes like crack.
2: Yeah. Yeah, in fact, I primed that cider we just had with corn sugar, with dextrose. So, it's like...
1: There's nothing wrong with dextrose.
2: Yeah, I can't really tell taste-wise... So it's like a neutral, neutral thing, but
1: yeah, it's very refined. It's it's very clean source of you know, sweet.
2: Yeah, and I don't know if it's as much as they want to keep the superfood like high high nutritional. I think I think it's just the fact that we there are so many of us, and in order to like meet the the quota of of what the public wants as far as like. People are willing to buy pounds upon pounds of the corn syrup honey. And it's like, it's, I don't know, it kind of goes back to the whole bread and circus of it all, of, you know, give the people what they want and they never will revolt.
1: Yeah. Kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, if, as long as their sweet tooth is, you know, appeased, like, they're going to be fat and happy. Man. Eventually, lazy and dumb. But I mean, there's, there's <laughs> as far as suppressing superfoods and access to them, like that's uh-huh. that's absolutely a thing. Like it, and you know, not just with honey, but like right, been a thing for a long
2: time. Yeah, you know, with like, like Monsanto and the manipulation with like seeds and sprays and pesticides, and monocultures, pesticides. I mean, you name it, like, yeah. Like the, the, you know, the, gross, the
1: depletion of like the diversity of the soil, you know, like, right. like we should have like 80 times more sulfur in our diet than we do, but there's no sulfur in the soil anymore, hmm. you know, like, like a lot of it has to do with just monoculturing and just, you know, like same crop year after year. Right. Like, and that goes back to the bees too. It's like, right. All those bees that they're using for the fucking monoculture, fucking the almond fields in California. Out out
2: west, yeah.
1: Yeah, and everybody's like, well, drink more almond milk. Well, guess why fucking California has a drought and wildfires? Two reasons. Like, the almond farms and the, the illegal weed grows done by the cartels where they're, you know, sucking water from places they're not supposed to be, but like they're basically hand in hand with that but also like yeah, the the
2: almond thing is just... Because when you have a monoculture, when you have a, a, a food source for pollinators only within like a few, a couple of weeks and then there's nothing it's, yeah, they're gonna move on but, and find a better place to... yeah. Fine, yeah. Fine to dwell.
1: Right, they're gonna they're gonna figure out where they need to go for their nutrients, Mm -hmm. and because they're smarter than people, yeah, like smarter. It's like, and and the almonds is a good crux in the whole like paradigm there because, like, not only does it show that like the whole monoculture system is bad. But it's being promoted. You know, like hmm. everybody's like, drink almond milk, you know, like don't drink cow's milk. Cows are bad, you know, get rid of the cows, but we need more almonds. They're using all these bees for it. They're not talking about anything about the honey that the bees make, you know, like. Right.
2: Yeah, because you can only get so much. Well, they get I'm sure, tons of honey from it. But yeah, it's yeah. a weird twisted world for sure.
1: And if it doesn't have tits, it's not milk. Sorry.
2: <laughs> I guess it goes back to the whole analogy of milking milking stuff, like you can milk anything. Like if you push it enough so it's almost like oil. Yeah. In a way. Right? The fat.
1: I mean, but if you squeeze a, if you squeeze water out of a sponge, you're not milking the sponge, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Good point
2: quit milking sponges
1: oh, unless it's a milk sponge but don't use those on anything but milk <laughs> <laughs> yeah I so like weird.
3: those those almond farms they're they're depleting a lot of the the water table right yeah. yeah
1: yeah between them and like these giant illegal weed grows that california has a big problem with like but they need a lot of water the uh, weed
3: in the Almonds. Yeah. The yeah. almonds need tremendous amount of water. Right. And so they have to dig these or drill these wells that are thousands of feet deep, just Holy ridiculously shit. deep wells, in turn kind of sucks the water table down for the rest of the community that's surrounding the almond farms. They've had to relocate.
2: Right. Well, talk about, yeah, the fires. I mean, shit. Shit's all on purpose, man.
1: They're trying to restructure like how agriculture works in not only this country, but, like, the world. You know, like, you had the protests in Holland with the farmers. You had the protests in France with the farmers and the truckers. You've got Bill Gates going around buying up as much fucking farmland as he can, trying to say that we need to get rid of fucking cattle farming because it's producing too much methane, even though there's lakes and fucking fissures and shit in this world that produce way much more methane per day than all the cows on the planet and then you've got Klaus Schwab saying oh we need, you're, you're gonna eat bugs and and now, <laughs> and now right. and now in fucking Ireland Ireland just said last week that they're gonna slaughter 2,000 cows to try and fight climate change right so that's it, crazy! It, it, they're literally starting. They're literally starting a war on nutrition. Like, wow! They know we need protein to fight back. At this, that's point. a really good point. At this point, that's what it's coming down to.
2: Yeah, dude, that's wild. Yeah, but eat some. Here's a nice. Here's a nice. Uh, they're cricket. making. it illegal. There's like no more cricket farms anyway. they like, ma- you can fucking.
1: That's because they're already feeding them to all the fucking kids in New Zealand schools like like wow. they're in, they're they've already instituted this in some countries. Like that's crazy. Ugh. yeah.
2: I I, I I don't really have an appetite for crickets.
1: Uh I mean, as long as there's fucking animals out there, I'm going to hunt them. Somehow like our ancestors did. They made it this far and it wasn't by eating right. fucking bugs it unless they had me. to. I mean,
3: something else is going to enjoy them if we don't. Yeah.
1: So. And it That's something else is called the parasite class, the, the masters of mankind. They want all the meat for themselves because they're planning on fucking just dilapidating this fucking planet in the next 30 years and it being a
2: wasteland. Yeah, so what do you think about what's going on up in Canada with those fires? What do you think's going on?
1: I think it's all probably weather modification warfare.
2: Yeah, I saw this thing recently that the wife uh, shared on the TikTok.
1: Sat- the satellite imagery.
2: Well, it was this guy. Started. It was this guy talking about how, like, to not be fooled by what's happening and that they're forcing people out of the countryside and into cities. Mm-hmm.
1: Fifteen-minute mi- 15 cities. Yeah, and of course so there was it. this
2: whole premise on, like, initiating the the digital worldwide crypto and like, Canada's big or in whatever. that whatever.
1: Yeah, Canada's big in that fucking Trudeau's yeah. a piece of well, shit.
2: Canada, yeah, Canada sort of lost their fucking identity through Trudeau, this whole fucking
1: Trudeau's thing. a piece of shit. That's most likely Fidel Castro's illegitimate son. Oh wow. Like if you look up pictures of Trudeau and Castro at Trudeau's current age, they're they could be fucking twins. That's amazing.
2: Yeah, we should and look that their up.
1: and Trudeau's mother admits to having an affair with Castro, and she was with him nine and a half months prior to Trudeau's birth. I'm not saying it is what it is, but it is what it is. Just just go to Google Images Trudeau Castro.
3: Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Excuse yeah, I haven't heard much of this weather modification.
1: Okay, it goes back to World War II. World War II oh, was the yeah, first so time they accidentally created they accidentally created a firestorm in Germany using weather modification.
2: Yeah, dude, check they this created out. a
1: fire tornado. And that's when they first realized that they could do it. Fast forward to like 1972, we'd been using weather modification as a weapon in Vietnam to inflate their monsoon
2: seasons. No shit.
1: And then, in 1972, the Geneva Convention illegalized weather modification as a form of warfare. Not altogether, though. So, weather modification is still legal. Fast forward to just, like, a week, you know, no, half a month ago, like, they're now talking on, you know, openly on the news about... Cloud seeding and oh, weather modification, this and that, and like how to make weather p- patterns. And they've known how to do this since the 1940s. Like, HARP and DARPA know how to fucking mm-hmm. weaponize the weather. Mm-hmm. Whether it's to create a drought in a place that needs water, mm-hmm. whether it's to flood a place that needs less water, or whether it's to fucking aerosol fucking. You know, flammable metal particulates over a place that hasn't been, you know, properly forested in decades, and then it's not hard to start fucking fires from space
2: at that point. That's crazy, dude. It almost sounds like some Alex Jones shit, but it's like I agree with you because this. You, I've, you, I've you looked you into go the, the website
1: right now, and it they they openly. No, 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 I don't ab-
2: mean, I don't mean to, like, call it, like, call bullshit on it or anything. Yeah, yeah, Because no. I think, I think Alex Jones has, like, I think he, his audit is, is to say, I think he means well. He's a hothead, but he's right aspects. about 90% of yeah, the time. Yeah, he really is right about quite a few of these mm. things, and I think it's just so much energy that for the yeah. public, like, it's hard to even, like, swallow some of the shit that he's saying. Yeah, like. But are you familiar with Alex Jones's shit, Ben? yeah. Yeah, I mean, everybody. I I don't think I've shared too much of it with you because it's always been like I've always had other things to.
3: Yeah, I mean, I was into listening to some of his stuff for a while, but it just kind of became like a more of a fear mongering rather than like anything like with. Much real usable substance, I guess. And the- I
2: get, I get the whole weather stuff and all of the like the chemtrail argument and all of that. Like, but we've in, realistically, they've been, as you say, like publicly, like this is public knowledge. They've been manipulating the weather for over fifty years, at least. Right. Since the what 40s, we call this-
1: chemtrails, they call SAI's stratospheric aerosol injections. Right. It's just now one thing terms. that Brian
2: Call Callen? yeah right the actor it's, he's uh, he's awesome brian what, from actor from what um well he was in the hangover am i pronouncing his last name right i should i see i have to look up fucking last names. he was in the hangover
1: i mean there is a brian callen i don't remember him in that
2: yeah brian callen it's b-r-y-a-n-c-a-l-l-e yeah, yeah. he and
1: sam tripoli have a podcast together
2: yeah, I saw that. Conspiracy I can't wait to club. check it out. Yeah, yeah. it's on my watch list.
1: It's basically Sam Tripoli being like, just fucking sticking his head, in the fuck, pulling his head out of the sand, actually. But, yeah.
2: Well, you know. Callan, he's freaking, he's, he at least, the recordings that I heard him talk about had some really, like, interesting things to say, and one of them was like, this idea that or maybe it was a different guest or whatever, but Callan talks about this at length, like, in the previous recordings and maybe it was a different person that made me think of this, but you always wonder, like the people that are in charge of the chemtrail operations, all the fucking like all the tanks that they use well, to that's like, the thing. There's nobody the shit. in charge. Well you, you could you could get a permit to alter the weather in two weeks which is crazy you just need a
1: plane but and all the money to do it
2: typically it's like those those military jets that are fucking out there doing whatever based on an order that oh they're just doing their job but the question is in some circumstances would there ever be a case where the those cartridges would get swapped out with something that the person who's just doing their job like honestly doesn't even isn't even aware of
3: right so you could get the permit to do that but yeah. whoever is actually the one telling you to go do
2: it. And, right. right. And, or actually like implementing it by putting things in place and like no one knows. No one, it could be falsely labeled like I mean, all the, kinds of stuff.
1: Chances are the only people around here, for example, that might have a permit to do that would probably be Stowe Mountain Resort.
2: Which is, yeah, because
1: that's, ski resorts do that like, all over the country, like, most of them do it from the ground, too, because they're already so high up, and they're already getting, you know, a weather pattern crossing, as long as they can set it up with enough distance. All it is is a series of flares with, you know, different, you know, cocktails of metals in them, basically, you know, like... And we're inhaling those metals. Most of them get burnt up, but there's residues, yeah. And a lot of those residues are the residues that are falling on the forest floors in places like California and Canada. And these residues are still flammable because they're made of flammable metals. And over over the course of fucking, you know, 50 to 70 years of doing this... Over the course of 50 to 70 years of doing this all of those residues falling on forest floors that you know, where people are like, Oh, we don't want logging, we don't want forestry because forestry's bad. No, forestry's management. That means you're cleaning out all the dead shit. You're avoiding these right. e- either you gotta either you gotta welcome the fucking fires or you've got to prevent them. Because once you're fighting them, it's already lost. So like I mean, right. I'm I'm in the camp of fucking welcome, welcome them, because at least on the East Coast here, it's the only thing that's going to get rid of the fucking tick problem.
2: <laughs> Winters don't <laughs> get
1: cold enough anymore. Yeah. You know, like we used to get burn them. Yeah. If you can't freeze them, you got to burn them. And we used, you know, there used to be such a thing as regular wildfires all over the place. You know, not every year, not every 10 years, but every 20 years, most places would get burnt out, you know, right? for one reason or another. And we had no way to, like, Mm -hmm. manage that or fight it back then. We didn't really care to, you know, we could just pick up and move. Yeah. And, you know, just like any other fucking animal. But now that we, we were
2: pretty resilient. Right.
1: We were nomadic now that everybody wants to stay in the same place, you see a fire coming over that fucking hill. You're like, "Uh, we need to stop that fire. It's it's like, well, yeah, you should because, yeah, this stuff costs a lot. But, like, ideally, like, shit does need to burn down every once in a while.
2: Mm -hmm. That's why I like living in a town that is so moist. Like, not why, to, you, why did not you to, say it that way? Not to jinx anything. <laughs> you pick up on that band? It's so moist. moist. So moist. <laughs> it's the vagina of Vermont. Well,
3: it's called waterberry? <laughs> exactly. God damn. <laughs> Might as well be Squirtsbury.
2: Dude, <laughs> <the> fucking, <laughs> we were that's squirting hard in fucking 2011. <laughs> squirting hard. That's man. what I'm calling it. From fucking now flood. On
1: Squirtsbury. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you live? Oh, squirts pretty sooner.
2: <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, dude. Uh, we squirt here pretty hard. <laughs> like, even when it, like, I'm glad that finally, like, some of the soil is now, like, absorbing the water because it would just flood.
1: If it's too dry. It's crazy
3: how much rain we're actually right. getting. Like, this week, it's rained
1: every fucking day. A lot of it has to do with that shit that's going on up in Canada. Yeah, oh. dude.
2: Manipulating that. That's cycle. I mean
1: those metals that the metal residue
3: you're talking about that can't be good for you
1: aluminum oxides and that honey. gives
3: people Alzheimer's
1: well yeah I, and we're breathing it it's it's on our foods it's in mm, the water. I mean
3: I deal with a lot of old customers and
1: yeah aluminum's not I mean,
3: good. they I, can't remember shit, and I'm yeah, like, fuck, I don't want to be like that.
2: yeah, we gotta fight against Alzheimer's
1: I mean i also <laughs> I'm also of the camp you know. Cause I, I'm pro human, but I'm also pro animal. But I, 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 there's, I, I don't see the difference in the two of us, and because of that, I'm like, you know, maybe some Alzheimer's and dementia, not all of it, but maybe some of it is because we aren't supposed to live that long. As yeah, cruel that's very as it possible. Is to say,
2: yeah, you know. Very possible. I, I think it's possible for certain certain people. But Definitely.
1: Yeah, and then there's also you know like legends and stories and fucking accounts of people living like hundred something years. And you know, yeah, and do you mind if I go down? And, do you mind
2: if I go down that train yeah, for no, a minute? No, no, now that you bring it up, no, no. I've talked about the telomeres with you, Ben. It's so it's the end caps on the ends of chromosomes that basically like the End caps of your shoelaces when you tie your shoes so you can thread One, them through once the eyes. It's
1: gone. You can't put it back through.
2: Well, there is actually a chemical called telomerase, which regenerates them. And it's all through this heart based connection, the heart brain connection that basically regenerates cells, regenerates, uh, the telomeres. And it's all very real science. It's like, um, Feelings like appreciation and gratitude, yeah. um, and love, care, compassion—all those things, all those positive emotions that we construe as positive—in scientific terms, they're really re- known as regenerative emotions because the they,
1: selfless emotions.
2: Yeah, you could think of them that way. I mean, yeah.
1: they're all the ones that have to do with others, not yourself. You know,
2: well, including I think I always see it as including. And it's inclusive. It's all inclusive because it's it's it, we're part of this. Like I appreciate, you know, wines that I live in symbiosis with. It's me and the wine that I enjoy and appreciate. It's it's me and the ecosystem that I'm surrounded by. The the terroir that makes up the wines that are made. Blah blah blah. So it's <clears throat> it's an inclusive thing, and it's like just that ability to recognize how lucky we are to be where we're at in our existence on a rock that's spinning in, in space doing a dance around a fireball that happens to be in the process of exploding. And we happen to be in this moment when it's not quite ready to explode yet. Like how, Rare and precious that is, uh, alone to begin with. I often wonder, like, how crazy it would be to live in a time where the sun is about to go supernova and we're about to, like, experience the, like, the straight up, like, anything w- 10,000 times, uh, you know, the atomic bomb or whatever. And we- it's about to just annihilate.
1: We certainly won't be feeling the effects of global cooling at
0: that point
2: <laughs> right yeah who knows really yeah the, the co2 cycles of the earth and in relation to the sun and the magnetics and all of that like there are spikes and they're all drastic and one of the things that's so interesting about things like those regenerative emotions is it has to do with the fact that we can uh, respond differently to our circumstances because it creates more variability or uh, with the heart rhythms is what it does. Like it gives us more bandwidth to be able to perceive rather than, for example, like it's an extreme example, but like being frustrated, you're very narrow.
1: You're like, just reacting at yeah, that point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, being all tense and you can't seem to pers- get beyond that yep. that sense of things are bad. And so, you know, it can create that.
1: And that's part of the heart math?
2: It is, yeah. yeah. Major shout out to the Institute of Heart Math for that one. Um, it's the only reason I know any of this. Well, like, I'm nerding out on all this cool stuff with the telomeres. Actually, that connection came from uh, Greg Braden. Uh, his research and he works closely with HeartMath. Um but he that's how he describes them. The telomeres are like the end caps of shoelaces. And yes, the more that a cell divides, the more it wither withers away. Now stress and uh, creates like things like cortisol and adrenaline and all those things that basically corrode them faster. Yeah. So it accelerates the aging process. But we can actually as long as we know how to reset and uh, just re-engage those feelings of appreciation, like deep quality of appreciation, not just thinking it, like actually feeling appreciative for whatever and for anything in your life, then it actually has a very real healing effect on the cells in your body. and the chromosomes, on the chromosomal, you know, uh,
1: right cuz basically gene w- tube what they are is like they're the markers that tell that that set of dna sequencing to replace itself and once the end of that marker is worn off basically that it stops telling that mm. that cell to replace itself and that's what aging is
2: yeah they're biological right. markers for aging yeah. exactly yeah yeah and, and it's actually a good thing that we, it's nature's fail safe because if a chromosome didn't have the telomeres at all, it's not that the cell would, they'd replicate ad infinitum. Well, they would, they would just be, they would, there's nothing to protect the DNA for the next divi- cell division, apparently. So if we didn't have them, it's actually good that we have them because it's a buffer to give ourselves the time. As cells divide, like cell cellular- You wake up tomorrow and you got a third arm. or something. <laughs> Cellular division, it's we take it for granted, but it's something that happens in these micro seconds, and it's it's something it's happening like- it's
3: all on that subconscious right level. Oh, yeah. Shit, yeah, that yeah. micro
2: biological. I mentioned Mer- Merlin Sheldrake earlier, who's a who's a biology. He might as well be a mycologist actually, because he he studied uh, mycorrhizal networks in Panama for his PhD and. The things he has to say, it's, it's remarkable how well he understands the, that micro uh, scale, any micro like organism. It's like a whole world down there. It's amazing. He actually described an LSD trip of him. Yeah, because he, he did a clinical study of an LSD trip in, the, in a hospital setting kind of thing. And the way he like because it was like this uh, grant funded uh, program.
1: God, that's the worst place to trip. Yeah, that's what he was saying. I have tripped like, in a hospital. So... It's terrible. You have, yeah. What's yeah, dude. I was sixteen. What the <laughs>
2: fuck were you doing in a hospital?
1: My dad was getting knee surgery. Oh shit! So I, I, I brought some acid with me, and I went to the gift store, and they, <laughs> they had, I had my CD player with me, and they had, I bought a copy of. Pink Floyd's Dark Side on, of the Moon and I bought a copy of Hunter S. Thompson's Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and I sat there nice and I tripped and I read that while listening to Dark Side of the Moon while my dad was getting knee surgery. No shit. I'm like sweet day off of school. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, That's right. But, of course, it would be weird, like, being around the That's the that. best case scenario of tripping in a hospital. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think he, he Merlin it's described on one of the interviews he was talking about this, he described at one point that he needed to, like, use the bathroom. So, even just walking down the hallway to use the bathroom, like, in a classical hospital setting while tripping, like, fucking weird. Yeah. Like. Yeah.
1: Institutions of any sort wall-tripping are fucking weird. Yeah. Like, yeah, the flu-
3: even just the fluorescent lighting, I mean...
1: Fluorescent lighting, the... <laughs> totally. The, the the unnatural, completely perfect right angles of everything, just, like... Yeah, n- nothing's right. <laughs> you know, like... Like, why am I inside right now? Like...
2: Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all cooped up, in these stuffy, like, cell walls. Yeah, I mean...
1: Think of Kubrick, you know, that he could take any one institution and make it look like another,
2: you know? Mm. Yeah, and what what Merlin was describing during the trip, I guess, because it was through this grant-funded scientific program that basically said, like, do you have a problem that needs solving? Like a pamphlet, like advertisement? And it was like, call this number, and he called it and realized that it was a, A clinical study, a clinical trial on scientists like trying to problem solve better and using LSD to do so, to like induce like, like a creative spark or whatever, Hmm. change in perspective, which is totally, they're totally onto something. But it was so weird how Merlin described like, while he was like in full blown, like he's going hard. And you had like a scientist who was, like, so have you have you taken a moment to think about your work-related problem? And Merlin's just like, my my work-related problem. <laughs>
1: like, what? <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck are you talking
2: about, uh, man? Yeah, I got robbed right Can now. Yeah, like, like, are you kidding?
1: There's a hole in the floor that's trying yeah. to swallow me. I don't know. What do you work? yeah he's like i don't think this is work related (laughs) the interesting thing
2: though is it did an idea did come to him but it obviously wasn't you know fished out of him on that moment of asking the question it was like it just like sort of evolved through him and he imagined himself as a like in the soil like all of the 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 dynamic drama that goes on beneath the soil this wild bustling wild west in the in uh in the fungal world, in the microbiological kingdoms. And, and it was like the most incredibly vivid description that I've heard. And yeah, it was beautiful. I'm a proponent of hallucinogens. I think we all know that. Yeah, I but, did. Full disclaimer. But, I am too. And, but no, at the same speak time for Benji here,
1: but <laughs> at the same time, so is the CIA because they know that it's an effective psychic battery on people battery in the sense of like, like, domestic violence battery. Not, like, I put this in my remote control battery. Like, yeah, like an
2: engine. Like, or, a uh, way
1: to break through somebody's psyche and yeah. break walls down. A way to reprogram, a way... Right. Like, it can be used as a weapon or it can be yeah. used as a tool of healing. And yeah, it's like, like... It's a very double-edged sword, you know? Extremely, yeah. And, like, it really... I used to be pretty frivolous with it, and over the past few years, especially you know like learning what I've learned about like m k ultra and shit like that like the the like Harvard acid experiments and shit like that like like it's been used on this country as a weapon, yeah, like as much fun as I've had on it like it I'm, I don't want to promote it necessarily.
2: You know? Yeah. I'm not, I don't, I don't promote psychedelic use per se. And like, but I definitely think like having a good soul compass going into an experience is important.
1: If you don't have a good grounding, you know, in who you are and where you are. Yeah. And you know, like, yeah, if, if, If there's any doubt that, you know, you're a little shaken or unstable, maybe it's not for you. Like, you had hard times with weed, maybe you shouldn't go harder than that in the
2: psychoactives. I agree. Yeah. It's a good... You want to have anything to add to that, Benji?
3: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's to be taken with a grain of salt responsibly.
1: Yes.
2: Yeah. I mean... For sure. Responsible use, um, adequate preparation, I think is key too. Yeah.
1: Trusted surroundings, people, also a clear, you know, clear end goal too, you know. Like,
3: yeah, with good intentions, you know, and whoever you're surrounded with, good intentions. Yep. The, the setting is huge.
1: Yep. Set and setting is. Yeah more than the drug itself almost yeah i mean the room gets so dark
3: so quickly when you're with people that are not on the same frequency or their intentions don't align yeah totally it can then be the weapon the opposite side of that sword really send you into some really dark places
1: and some people don't legitimately don't come back from it. Right. You've heard stories that, oh, the guy that, you know, took too much and he thinks he's a glass orange juice and if he tips over, he's going to die, you know? It's like, it's like, that guy doesn't actually exist, but there's a lot of people like that guy that, you know, like, not that exact story, but like, what I would call acid casualties, for lack of a better term, like you took too much, you you treated it like a fucking trampoline, you know? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's not like a bouncy house. What
2: Bill Hicks used to say was like, <laughs> I I went, I took some mushrooms, went to Astro World, and had a really bad time. <laughs> you know, You're a moron.
1: <laughs> you know what we need? You know what we need to reset this trip off? Yeah. we need to go play some mini golf,
2: <laughs> right? Yeah. <sighs> We're just watching the pyramids get built by UFOs right now, but give get me to that golf course. Yeah, that's really going right. to set
1: this the fuck off. Right.
2: Yeah. Putting <laughs> around a ball with some holes is really going to make this trip peak. Yeah.
3: <laughs> can't even see the ball or the putter. <laughs>
2: Oh, I miss him. Or I I about that time when he talks about him being pulled over by the cops and they were tripping, and he's like, in, need, in their I do- mean, he's him, you're you." Yeah, he pulls him over, and his, his dad had those talking cars or whatever. Back, I'm sure they still have them, but like they pulled over, jar. and the door was a little bit cracked, and he said the the car said, "Door is a jar." Or he might have not even pulled over at that point, but then, like, the cop, when he pulled up, like, they couldn't believe how tiny the cop was. because
1: he was looking at him through the side view through mirror. The mirror, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How the hell are you driving that car, mister? <laughs> right. How are you, how are oh, you driving so that big-ass car? Right.
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he has the best, uh, just bit, whole, like, yeah. Right. And on, uh, I think it was, like, 1989- Austin or Houston and yeah dude he he killed it dude like that's one that I will go back and revisit if it's available on YouTube still that's a major revi- like one that I'll go back and look it's, at it's I think there. we were actually tripping when we watched that segment one time then like back in my old apartment up at the yeah I remember watching a
3: lot of Bill Hicks while yeah. tripping
2: <laughs> yeah that was a great time speaking of which I actually just ate some very non-potent, um uh, pensis mushrooms uh, recently, and yeah, oh, nice. not super potent. They weren't potent at all. It was like I ate the rest of what I had, basically, and yeah, it didn't really get a huge lift off out of them. But like, it was little, nice. Like, it was like a
1: actually.
2: yeah, it was like a really strong microdose. I want to say, and microdose in the sense that like you take like a twentieth of a gram kind of thing. But oh, Jesus, yeah
1: consider I consider, so consider micro dosing under two
2: grams, oh really, yeah, yeah, that's the thing it's so relative,
1: like I said, I don't want to be frivolous or push you know or promote, but yeah, like,
3: yeah, I mean when you it really depends on the mushroom too, oh shit, shit. like the potency of it, it's strange for sure have a lot like to sometimes, do with yeah, just under two grams would be just like a light body feel. For, like, the average mushroom. Right, app. but then other times, like really potent mushrooms, Golden teacher or yeah. penis envy, or, yeah. Then you get blasted off.
1: Oh, <laughs> fuck, yeah. Two, just two off, grams like, is like an ego death on some of those yeah. sometimes.
3: Yeah, I've had that. Oh, shit, yeah. Where it's just, like, that's way, more, really way more than you expected.
2: Yeah, yeah that's a good point, because Terrence McKenna would always say, just rule of thumb, five dried grams. Yeah, but,
1: I mean, he wasn't eating fucking penis envy or golden teacher either.
2: Yeah, I don't know what he was, I mean, he was obviously growing some.
1: They're literally like, they're like five to seven times like the, the, not, not actual potency, but like the, the felt effect Hmm. is, because there's psilocybin and there's psilocin, they work in conjunction with each other.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I feel like it's, like, I think it's psilocin that after every, the psilocybin gets broken down, it gets converted to psilocin or something like that. But I do know it's been compared to, like, ayahuasca in the sense that it's a digestible DMT. It's, like, an ability to get DMT to the bloodstream through the digestive
1: tract. They're they're really only, like, a couple molecules off from each other.
2: Yeah, Yeah, they're 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 very closely related. Yeah. And I think Darren Dennis McKenna, Terrence's brother, ethnobotanist, ethnopharmacologist, um, who talks about that being. That's a scientist that likes to do drugs. He, he, he knows his stuff. And he talks about like that one phosphoryloxy like chain, like to make the compound psilocybin. It it's like it's because of that that makes it digest go like that's the one thing. Otherwise, it's D, yeah, it's DMT. It's a DMT experience.
1: Yeah, and like I know, I know there's DMT in like a lot of like stuff that we eat
2: too. Yeah, like salads,
1: like peas for example, have a high amount of DMT. But we
2: produce a digestive enzyme that makes it so that we can't trip off of it.
1: If you were to take an MAOI, which is an inhibitor of those enzymes, if you were to take an MAOI inhibitor and eat some of those foods at a large amount, you could absolutely trip. Oh, yeah.
2: yeah. Is that crazy? That's what makes ayahuasca work is that they add an MAO inhibitor.
1: Well, uh, yeah. Which is the the right. bark,
2: the bark right. of a There's tree a, in conjunction with this uh like the uh, root of another plant. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's um Banisteriopsis is the ayahuasca vine or whatever. Some and I think it's just like the the vegetate like the leaf, the leaves and stuff from it, right? I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. And I haven't done ayahuasca myself, so the I'm DMT, interested, but, but definitely interested. I, yeah, I've done the DMT thing, obviously the mushroom thing, and
1: five I, I haven't done AM. LSD
2: in a long time, um, just because, yeah, it can be, I think those lab quality, like, experiences just sort of, like, ran dry on me, what, years ago. Just
3: Yeah, I had this um, synthesized... Acid is what they called it,
1: but it was Technically, it's was ALD-52. Okay, so it was a, yeah, it was It was a like a... Anagram. Syn- a synthetic, yeah, yeah. Analog.
3: Analog, yeah, synthetic yeah. psilocybin. Because it felt like a mushroom trip. Mm-hmm, it, it wasn't really- like any acid trip I've ever had. No, no shit.
2: Yeah. Dude, that's wild. Because I've had the, like, what is it, the... Oh, shit, it's like candy flipping, where you take, like... It's like a component of LSD and, and a component of, like, ecstasy or whatever. I'm giving the air quotes because it's like ecstasy really just means anything, like a cocktail of whatever thrown in I mean, in it used Typically, to.
1: Like, ecstasy isn't even used anymore. Now people just call it Molly. Nobody calls it ecstasy anymore. But that's, like,
2: pure MDMA, isn't it? Yeah, and I've never had that sass.
1: That's how sass. it used
3: to be. Have you heard of that? Sass?
1: I've heard of it, I forget what it is.
3: I think it's, um... I haven't had it. I think it's, like, the organic form of molly.
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, fuck. Where does that come from? Uh, uh, uh.
3: I mean, I've had really good molly, but I've never had that sass.
2: Kind of wanted to try it. Yeah, I've only had molly, like, one time. And I should have, like, taken it properly, and I should have been hydrating, because it wasn't very fun.
1: I think I told you guys about that when
2: the mics were off. Like last time was, yeah, that was not good. Oh, I remember that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I
2: remember when it happened. I'll spare our listeners with the nonsense. Because you were living with
1: the the girls at that point, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I remember them. I had like like two
2: chicks. I remember them being
1: like, I don't know what happened to Chrissy the other night. So I was was trying to
2: hook up with both of them. Oh, (laughs) shit, dude. You were there.
1: Not that night, no, but... Okay. No, they're like, I don't know what happened to Chrissy the other night, you know, I heard right. about it after the fact, but. Yeah.
2: Yeah, dude, no, that was, uh, I was not wise about it at all, I was, again, going back to adequate preparation and respect, responsible use, respect, in respecting the, the experience. Yeah, but how old were you then? I don't remember. Like, like, 20... 20. Probably, it was, it was, no, definitely I was younger than that, but.
1: Those weren't lessons you'd learned at that point. Right. You know.
2: Yeah, so I'll cut myself some slack. Good old, like, whatever age I was. Hindsight's 20-20, you know, like. like Yeah.
1: That's the thing with wisdom, is you can, you can spout all of, all of it that you want. Most people aren't going to listen to it until they actually fucking learn it and earn it for themselves. And that's just human nature.
2: This is true. Yeah.
1: Like, we make the same mistakes generationally over and over for a reason. It's not because our parents didn't try. It's because, as a species, we're kind of fucking idiots. And it's okay, because we're the smartest idiots on the planet, but, like, yeah. Like, we're kind of apes at the end of the day, still. There's yeah. always room for improvement. We're still oh, learning. A lot of it.
2: Yeah. A lot of it. I agree with that. I I think that's important for us to remember because in the last segment we talked about sort of the futility of science to begin with, but also how it's given us all these, you know. Uh, discoveries and privileges and advances and so forth so on and so forth i think it can feed our ego in a way to basically have a quality of life and and be proud of that but at the same time i think that we need to keep that in check because realizing like
1: combining that with what benji said about how there's always room for improvement it's like that improvement can't start exactly the I mean, it has to start from the bottom up, and it already has. But that's like the humanitarian movement. Then, from the top down, they think they've, you know, started the the improvement as well. From the top down, in in the sense of the transhumanist movement, it's like right, like what we're gonna see eventually is, you know, this clash meet between the human, humanitarians versus the transhumanists. But like, yes, there's always room for progress, but progress is different depending on who's, you know, holding the the eyeglass. Right. So, yeah, it's a very vague way to look at it. Yeah. You know, like, some people think burning everything down is progress. Right. Maybe it is.
2: Yeah, it could, I mean, it all has its own um, circumstance built around it. It all has its own uh pros and cons and it, but somehow in the end shit shit all works out like it may not include what form we're in now but in the end at the end of the day like you know what happened to the dinosaurs which i know is up for debate in multiple schools of thought but just using that as a basic concept as they an all example to work for kfc <laughs> not the school of thought I was thinking of, but but there's, like I said, there's multiple schools of thought on any of this shit because there's so many avenues of possibility. I mean, it's all, it's all tremendously mysterious. And that's the, that's the whole point. That's the science is so young that we forget or it forgets that there's a deep seated mystery. in in the whole thing that we can't just say we've we've resolved this or we know everything there is to know
1: i mean we're getting to the point in our society where people don't believe it if they can't see it Mm -hmm. which i get because you know they've been they're used to being tricked so often that they want to actually like you know, if they can't actually reach out and touch it, they at least want to be able to see it. But now we're in the point where even that can be fucking totally faked. And not only that, but if, if you live in that, that, that mind frame where if you can't see it, it's not real. That means history is only, you know, 200 and something years old for you you know like right. cuz everything prior to you know a photograph
2: may or may not have happened and which could very well be exactly. the case but at the same time if yeah. you only kept yourself in that bubble of existence then you're you're cutting yourself short in the end no no
1: like we've i think imagination has been strangled out of you know the children in this country on purpose because you know that—that's where questions come from. Exactly.
2: Yeah. From the not knowing. Yeah. Like, when from is it okay what if? to just not know? What if? You know, like, yeah.
1: There's no more what ifs for kids. You know, the 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 mom or the dad gives them a fucking phone when they're six. They're like, uh, what if? What if? And like, ask Google.
2: Ah, like, uh, the Google monster.
1: And, like, what if this? And it was like, that's the fucking kid's parent from there on. You know? hmm
2: Yeah, dude. There's there's a lot to...
1: And they're our future. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. That's uh, where self-reliance comes in more and more relevantly. Go dig going so back to more. what you were saying about if you had a million dollars, you'd focus more of your time and energy on the homestead. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wise decision. I mean, if I had a million dollars, I'd buy a homestead.
2: Yeah, and this is a rhetorical question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, is why? Why the homestead? To be independent. Yeah. Okay. I agree.
1: I mean... No sense being your own boss if you still, if you got to go home and then answer to things.
2: Right. Yeah. I almost see it as like a a therapeutic endeavor because it's something that actually feels really good on a different level. Yeah. Than just like the typical.
1: You're creating, you're nurturing, you're stewarding, you're fucking. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The typical typical risk reward system in a way, like you're kind of like tampering with. A whole new avenue of um, speculation, risk, reward, and just all those just experimentation, and you're not afraid to take risks because you, in a way, you'll just you're better able to adapt to right. The circumstances. You'll learn
3: from it's not a real risk because you'll learn from it if you fail yeah. exactly.
1: And um you know unless there's a failure that is absolutely 100% catastrophic you can recover from most failures. Right. And you can learn from them. Like mistakes Exactly. Mistakes aren't bad as long as you learn from them. Yeah. Like, as long as you're not making the same one all the fucking time, then you're not an idiot. Right. Sorry. I wasn't trying to yell. But yeah, like you know accidents are different but to a point, welcome mistakes. Because they are learning opportunities.
2: Yeah. Though they might not feel good. Just don't fuck all the way up. Yeah, which any kind of fatal mistake would be, it'd be too late. Right? So it's...
1: But then all your problems are solved.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking along the lines of like... You don't get any more chances. So, sayonara. And, uh, nice try. But, no. It's game over. And, yeah. You figure out what's next. Talk about a mystery. Who the fuck knows what's next? You know? So.
1: video I saw the other day was like. If somebody were to say to you. If I flip this coin. You know. One side you get instant death and the other side you get ten billion dollars would you would you say yes, would you play? you guys like well, I figure you know like either way, my problems are solved, but worst case scenario, I'm a billionaire, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I know we're getting close to the end here any any last words with for our audience
1: Throw a little advice out there.
2: That sounds good. I mean, I don't know if I have any, but well,
1: I'd say
3: just breathe deeply and just take everything as it's coming, because everything's changing.
2: I like it. Yeah, I'm trying to do more and more of that these days,
3: and try to be as independent as possible.
2: Hell
1: yeah! Be your own kings or queens,
3: because we're the creator of our own universe. So. Just do what makes you happy. Do what pleases you.
1: As long as you're not hurting others. Right. Yeah. As yeah, long exactly. as it's not yeah. at the expense of the
2: inner. Yeah. Yeah, that's where most things draw the line. And typically that's when you'll start to just screw yourself over in the end. But I know that that can have more of a delayed reaction. A lot of the times the instant gratification means you have to screw your neighbor to make something happen for yourself which i think isn't the way
3: right i feel like society kind of conditions us to think like that to screw
1: over oh, somebody yeah. to get to the top but oh yeah i you know no, like there's this yeah. there's this forced mindset of scarcity you know
3: right like there's not enough time there's never enough time
1: time or resources yeah. but in all actuality right there's more and then enough of both if, if you actually manage the two of them, right. Like, right. Like if, if you're not wasting your time and if you're using your time for you and you're using it to your utmost, then that's your biggest resource. hmm But also like your compassion for your fellow man and vice versa. Right. Like, that's that's another endless resource. Yeah. As long as you don't become so jaded that you can't have it.
0: Yeah,
2: absolutely. And for me, it's don't be afraid to get your hands dirty and do something about it. Because remembering that all we really have is our time. Time is our true wealth. Our time, our energy, our freedom is our true wealth. And I think if we know how to spend it properly, yeah, then you're you're there. You're already there because again, ten thousand hours to that mastery. Like you don't get you don't it get takes, many,
1: and it takes practice.
2: You don't get too many second chances. Yeah. so you got to use it wisely. And it does take practice, absolutely. So don't be afraid to challenge yourself and go for it because you only get so many chances.
3: Don't be afraid to change. Yeah. No matter how stuck in your ways you
1: get. But also, make sure that you're changing for the better, not for the worse. Right. Make sure that the change that you're making is a change that's going to, you know, benefit you down the road in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. Don't... You're changing drastic things, you know, for the short term. Then you might end up regretting it.
3: Right. It goes back to what we were talking about earlier with, like, the if you if you fail, at least the it won't be as bad. Like, at least, it make it so at least you can learn from your failures. Yeah. Don't don't risk all of it it's on tough. something that's unknown. <laughs> right. For
1: one, it's better to fail than to not try. Yeah. You know, but also like you don't want to put all your aces in one hole. Yeah, and you know, like they're all learning opportunities. Yeah. And I guess mine would be uh you know, try and be as compassionate and empathetic and open as you can, but also question and be skeptical because it's free and it's really like your one last safeguard. In my eyes, it's, it's my own personal philosophy and you know, some other, some others, but it's better to be paranoid and wrong than not paranoid and wrong. If that makes sense,
2: that definitely makes sense. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, I mean paranoia. is A little really bit just, of it is healthy. Yeah, if paranoia represents total awareness,
1: or at, at least a little bit of skepticism.
2: Yeah,
1: it's
3: kind at of a defense reality. mechanism.
2: Right. Yes, it is exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like question bullshit. Yeah, don't be Otherwise, afraid to, to use it. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, yeah, because that can be a terror. That can be a scary place to go, and allow it to sort of consume somebody, oh, yeah. but. And speaking from personal experience, like, I don't like being paranoid, but it's almost like an involuntary, like, reflex in some cases, right? I mean,
1: that is, uh, after a certain amount of hours of it, just like you were saying, the the whole 10,000 hours thing, like, certain amount of hours of it, it's no more different than just being awake.
2: Yeah, and, which I don't know like, if that's oh, a good place uh, to be or yeah. if it's a terribly, like, you know... Provo- yeah. provocative situation. I don't it's like know. that
3: Alex Jones, it's like being paranoid all the time would turn you into some, some fear-mongering Alex Jones
1: guy. Being, right, being overly paranoid can have suffering consequences. Yeah. But being, having no level of it at all right. it can too.
2: Yeah, so in a way, like being desensitized to the paranoia enough to be able to, like, discern... Like to to get it's the messages to, from it, yeah, yeah right. exactly. Because uh, it's there for a reason,
1: right? If if you're not used to it, then all that is coming in, in through you as basically waves of short adrenaline. Totally, you know. And if you, if you aren't used to it, if you can't discern them, then yeah, like those those are going to be very disruptive waves. If you know, over the course of time, you you start to realize this is why I'm feeling this way. This is why I'm feeling this way. this is you know, like what's bringing this up. Then you know, it 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 becomes not necessarily a sixth sense, but you know, like another filter through which to you know pull in information. Definitely.
2: Any other last thoughts, folks, before we wrap this up? That was well said. I agree. Thank you guys so much.
1: I love you guys.
2: I uh, finished my glass. Otherwise, I would cheers to Happy this. Happy birthday. You know? Thank you, much. You want to do a small pour oh, of that? Oh, fuck yeah, too? dude. Let's try some of this. We
1: can,
2: we can do this This uh, Japanese whiskey. Give this a shot. going to be our This is uh, Bedlamite by Pussifer, by the way, on their latest album, Existential Reckoning. Check it out, folks. This is a fucking kick ass band. And
1: please don't sue us, Maynard. We love you.
2: I'm big fans.
1: We're just trying to give you props.
0: Duke of Babel, straight from the bottle. Danced on the table.
1: I want to see you in November. Once again, please don't sue us.
0: The world may tickle. Death, death. The world may wobble. Raise your bottle up. God full throttle. Liquid Jesus. Spiritless safety.
1: Cheers, folks.
0: Write your own fable.
1: You got such an ethereal voice on Raise the
0: glass. Right. Raise the glass.
1: beautiful.
2: For being here, and thank right. thanks to everybody out there listening uh, for tuning into the BBCR. We'll catch you on the next round.
0: You
2: all stay safe out there. Peace out, guys
1: Hands and out gals. Swivels. Hearts too. Cheers, folks.